1: And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Lead to Succeed podcast. And we are delighted and very pleased to welcome today, Michelle sayla now, Michelle is both an author, and she is the founder of her business, Sila Tucker Incorporated. And we are going to hear about leadership and growing a business. So a very big welcome to you, Michelle. Maybe you'd like to
2: just elaborate on the introduction a little bit. Sure. Thank you, Rebecca. I think you did a great job. Colin, okay. thank you. So yes, I'm Michelle Sala I'm a mergers and acquisitions master intermediary, senior business analyst, certified mergers and acquisitions professional, and many other acronyms. I've been in this industry a little over 20 years. Uh, Personally, I've sold over 500 companies. My team has sold more than that, pretty much in every vertical you can imagine. But we don't just sell companies and that's where people get confused. Most companies are not sellable. Most business owners have never created a sellable asset. So we really specialize in buying, selling, fixing, and growing businesses. Most businesses have to be fixed so that we can grow them. We put them on a road to sell program so they can sell for their desired price tag.
1: Awesome. Thanks for the introduction, Michelle. real pleasure to have you on on the podcast today. Looking forward to uh, jumping into our our conversation.
2: Me too. Uh, I love y'all's accent. I can listen to you all day long.
1: (laughs) Vice versa, it's reciprocating. (laughs) <laughs> so I guess uh, jumping into it, Michelle, like typically the first question we generally tend to ask our guests, and we can kind of come into the sales and the measures and acquisition side of things in just a moment. Um, but we often focus a lot about leadership and what leadership means to so our guests in and, and, and a variety of different formats. So just kind of putting that question out to you, what would you say is, um, what does great leadership look like and what does that mean mean to you?
2: Well, to me, leadership is everything in business because, you know, I in my book, Exit Rich, we talk about the six P's. The first P is people. <laughs> Steve Forbes says, and Steve Forbes endorsed Exit Rich. You know, you know who Steve Forbes is, right? A Forbes magazine? Steve Forbes. Steve yes. Forbes? Yeah. Okay, he's huge in America. He endorsed Exit Rich. Steve Forbes says 80% of businesses on the market will never sell. That's a huge wake-up call because that means you only have a 20% chance of success. Why is that? The number one reason that businesses don't sell is because business owners have created a glorified job in which they go to work at every day versus a business that actually works for them. The first P in a six P process is people. Most business owners are, are control freaks. They want to do everything themselves. They're not always the best leaders. They're not always the best managers. They have their hand in every pot, so to speak. And they don't really take inventory of what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. So I always tell everyone, hire your weakness, focus on your strengths, hire your weaknesses. You have to hire people smarter than you. And if you're not a good leader, you need to get a good leader. And there's so many misconceptions of what a good leader is, which I guess is why you have this podcast and why you're asking the question. And so for me, a good leader, is really somebody who's empathetic. Somebody who takes the time to get to know their their teams. Really get to know them. Because the way that people think, employees think, is not the way that you that owners think, entrepreneurs think. Am I making sense? Well, yes,
0: you are, and completely, because otherwise they would be running in their own businesses.
2: Correct. So owners, no, it's not really about that. It's about entrepreneurs are thinking about, look, we got deadlines. We got to get this done. We got to get this done. We got to get that done. got get. You can't take two weeks off for Christmas because we have all these deadlines we got to meet. Employees are thinking, oh my gosh, I've poured my heart, my soul into this company. I haven't had a vacation in a year. I want to take time off with my family. And I feel like You know, I have no quality of life. You follow what I'm saying now? Mm -hmm. It's two sides of the coin. Entrepreneurs think one way. Employees think another way. In order to be a really good leader, you need to understand perceptions. You need to understand what your perception is, what your perspective is, what the employee's perspective is, because guess what? Their perspective is now your reality. And you really got to figure out what they're thinking so that you can communicate effectively with them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so leadership to me, a lot of entrepreneurs, like I said, are not the best leaders. So I help them get good leaders (laughs) and good leaders really empower their, their teams to make decisions. They trust, but verify they inspect what they expect. They, really get to know their teams. And like I said, listen to what they're, what the employees are thinking because what they're thinking is not what you're thinking. And really be able to communicate from that level. And then find out what's important to the employee. And I think leadership is so important right now in today's economy, no matter what country you live in, because of this pandemic and because of what's going on with pay increase and raises and all these things you know people are jumping ship for a dollar an hour well are they really leaving because of the money are they leaving because of poor leadership
1: why why do you think michelle thanks for the context on that why do you think that there's such a a, such a like only such a small percentage of, of businesses seem to be successful and you put a lot of that down to like the people and the culture and the leadership why do you think there's such a mismatch between kind of the the culture that the
2: because entrepreneurs have never been through leadership school. <laughs> entrepreneurs have never been taught leadership. Entrepreneurs are like a bull in, in a China cabinet. You know, they don't sit to think about what is my employee thinking about? What's important to them? Sure. You know, sure. all they're thinking about is deadlines, again, this done and mm-hmm. getting that done, taking care of their clients, not always necessarily taking care of their employees. And I think it's just, look, I'm the first one to say most business owners, I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur, I own many different businesses. We didn't even get into that. (laughs) And I'm not, you know, I'm the first one to say I'm probably not the best leader. I'm I'm a true entrepreneur, but I've listened to enough leadership classes. (laughs) I've taken enough leadership courses, you know? And I think that's what's so important is for entrepreneurs to take a step back. Because if you don't have the right people in the right seat, If you are not really, you know, building that company culture then and you have a lot of turnover, it's never going to change. You fish stinks from the head. (laughs) You know, I always say the buck stops here. So if you're not a good leader, you need to hire one.
1: I'd love to just kind of expand on that point in a little bit more detail, Michelle, because I feel like a lot of our listeners are probably entrepreneurs of some shape or form that have a small or medium-sized enterprise of some sort and probably can relate to what you've just shared. So in terms of like demonstrating empathy, really getting to know your team, either expanding on that or kind of adding a few other points into the mix, what do you think would be like the best way that kind of entrepreneurs can start to learn some of those leadership skills and perhaps implement a better culture into their business?
2: Well, I mean, I can't tell you what the best ways are because I don't specialize in that. That's not my core competency. But sure. there are lots of courses, you know. Ask, ask other, ask, you know, leaderships. So I've had lots of leaders on my podcast. The teach leadership. So you can, they can always go back and listen to my podcast too, but I will give you some examples. Okay. So I think examples are helpful. Jeff Hoffman, founder of the airport kiosk, very good friend of mine, founder, one of the founders of Priceline. When Jeff interviews his people, when Jeff interviews candidates, he really does an intense interview, really getting to know these people. I kind of call it, Um, I'm going to relate this to customers. When we start our business, we do client surveys. We figure out what is our target market? Who is our best customer? What do we want them to experience, right? I always tell my employees, well, not my employees, my clients, and I ask my employees, what are the three things, this is what I ask my customers, what are the three things you want to experience during business with our company? Have you heard of McDonald's? Yes. Have you watched a movie, The Founder? Yeah. Have you watched a movie, The Founder?
1: Heard of it, but not watched it. But we should watch it. Best, yeah.
2: mo- best movie ever. It's got it's got content about leadership, all kinds of different yeah. things. Um, but McDonald brothers back in the 1940s on customer uh, on customer experience, they were developing their processes. They said, "We want to develop a fast food restaurant, fast food processes, but we want to develop it around our customers' experience. We want them to experience three things." Hot, great tasting food that's hot, fast, 30 seconds or less. We need to do that with our employees and ask them, What do you want to experience working here? What's the most important thing? It's not always money. Usually, money is number five. Usually, it's the culture, it's the team that they're working with, it's being able to contribute, it's being able to be recognized. We really need to ask our employees, What they're wanting to experience and what the ultimate goal is. Jeff Hoffman does this better than anybody I know. And Jeff Hoffman, he'll really dig deep and find, I mean, I'll give you one story. He found out that, you know, he grew up very poor. His mom was in a very small, small house. And he said, the most important thing to me is to buy my mom a house. So he took a picture of the house that he was manifesting that he liked to buy for his mom, took a story you know, about his mom, how he grew up, with, how she grew up, how he grew up, et cetera. He took that, put it in the company all the way down the halls, put it in different offices, sent it out to the whole team and said, let's help, I forget the employee's name at the time, but let's help this employee reach his ultimate goal to buy his mom a house. So Jeff doesn't treat him as employees. He treats them as family. Jeff also will come in. Jeff came in and saw uh, a person working really hard and they said, gosh, I got to go on a trip but I don't have any clean clothes and I don't have time to pick up my clothes. at the dry, dry cleaners. And Jeff said, where's your dry cleaners? Jeff went and picked up the clothes for him. He went and had his car washed. So he really treats his employees like family, really identifying what their goals are, what they're trying to accomplish, what they want to experience. And it becomes a team effort to get the whole team involved and helping everybody achieve what they want, not just the owner getting what they want. Does that make sense?
0: It does, Michelle. And when you're working with businesses that have plans to sell their business on at some stage in the future, and you you and your team work with the business owners, what do you see as the biggest hurdles that they have to overcome to get to a place to be able to sell their business at some stage in the future?
2: Well, like I said, 80% of businesses on the market will never sell. So those are huge obstacles because that means you have a 20% chance of selling. Mm -hmm. In America, business owners sell for pennies on a dollar, they close their business, or they file bankruptcy. That's That's really their choices. Many, very few businesses sell for their desired price tag. The number one reason for that is because business owners don't plan their exit from the beginning. Like you said, they think about selling some stage. Well, they think about it, but they don't really plan it and they don't execute upon it. You're not going to ever sell a business for your desired price tag unless you actually plan and build a sellable business that's worth 5 million, 10 million, whatever your number is, right? And that's what happens. Business owners call us up and say, Hey, I want to sell my business. And guess what? They want $20 million because they think that's what they need to retire on, or they think that's what they need. To move into the next phase of their life, but they haven't built a $20 million business. There's always a disconnect between what they feel the business is worth and what they feel like they really need. So the biggest issue that businesses don't sell, one of the biggest issues is they don't plan their exit soon enough. They don't build a sellable business. They create a glorified job that they go to work at every day. So we're working with business owners to plan their exit from the beginning, just like Stephen Covey said, start with the end in mind and then reverse engineer it. And we teach them that you know, have a destination. It's called the GPS exit model. Number one, you need to know where you're going. If you don't know where you're going, are you ever going to get there? <laughs> then you need to know, so you need to know your destination. If you want to sell for $5 million, boom, you got, you have a target, you need a target. You can't just wake up one day and say, oh, by the way, I'm going to sell for $5 million because you haven't built a $5 million company. Then you need to know what's what's my current location, what's my current evaluation. So if you want to sell for 5000000 million, let's say, most business owners, by the way, Rebecca, never ever get a business evaluation on their business until they're thinking about selling. And then there's a rude awakening that you're nowhere close to your number. So you need to get an annual valuation checkup every year. You don't get this from a CPA. Most CPAs don't know how to evaluate businesses. You get this from an MX expert that knows how to evaluate synergies. So that's the GPSX model, know your destination, Know what you're worth today. Let's say you want to sell for 5 million, you're worth a million. Know your time frame. You want to do this in five years. Then know who your buyers are going to be. There's five different types of buyers. I mean, this is a complete road to sell versus just waking up one day. And that's why people don't sell it's because they never plan their exit. And then they need to build as the solid infrastructure on the six P's. Number one are people. If you don't have the right people in the right seats, if you don't have a management team in business, if I if I can't, if the business can't run without you, then it's not sellable. I'll give you a prime example. I have a dentist, three dental hygienists, been in business 45 years, comes to me, and wants to sell. The dental hygienists are his daughters. So it's truly a family business. Mm-hmm. Just like mother and son here. It's a family business. So I said, look, I can sell your business, but I'm not gonna be able to maximize value for you because. Once you and your daughters leave the business, there is zero business. Does that make sense? And this is pretty much with every single company. And I said, and there's going to be contingencies that you and your daughters have to stay for two or three years. He goes, well, we're not staying. I said, well, then you're not selling. So business owners really need to know what buyers are looking for and how to build that business that a buyer will pay top dollar for. And people is one of them. The second thing is product. This is your industry, your service, um, your product. You know, if you're, sell, if you're in the restaurant industry, you're not going to sell for maximum value right now. So restaurants, hospitality has taken a nose dive. And then processes, you got to ask yourself, are your processes designed to run your customer's experience? Are they documented? Look, we're selling a business right now for $55 million, 350 employees. The business cannot run without the owner. So we're selling 80% of it. And they don't have, they lack processes. And this is a huge company. So you got to have your processes all buttoned up. You have to have employee handbooks. You have to have employee contracts. You have to have non-competes. There's so many mistakes that business owners make because they just don't know. They just don't know. It's not what gets you. It's not what you know that gets you in trouble. It's what you don't know. Proprietary is, is another thing. You know, I always say proprietary can take you from a four multiple to a five to a six to an eight to a ten. But you got to build your proprietary assets. Like the more well-branded you are, the more I can sell your company for. As long as your brand is relevant in the mind of the consumer. Have you heard of Blockbuster in England? We have indeed, and we, we know their fate. <laughs> you, and you know why, you know why they went out of business? Because they stopped innovating and stopped marketing. And that's why most businesses got of business. You know, I, I'm looking at your son and the new entrepreneurs of the world are going to change the world. It used to be that 98% of startups would always go out of business, right? 98% of startups would go out of business in one to five years. When I wrote um, Sell Your Business for Morning, I've written several books. When I wrote Sell Your Business for Morning's in 2013, that's what I found. When I wrote Exit Rich and did the exact same research, Only 30% of startups are going out of business now because these young entrepreneurs are coming in and they're not just building another ice cream store or another coffee shop or another restaurant that we don't need. They're really looking around the world, kind of like Jeff Hoffman did, and said, what do we need at the airports? Why are we standing in line for two hours to get a paper ticket, (laughs) you know? And same thing with Priceline. They're looking around at problems and they're coming up with solutions and are solution-oriented. The young entrepreneurs are so much more solution-oriented than ever before. Mm -hmm. So now the research has changed dramatically. Only 30% of startups will go out of business in the U.S. But out of 27.6 million businesses in the U.S., 70% of them will go out of business that have been in business over 10 years. Think about that, 70%. So the young entrepreneurs are crushing it. I love to celebrate young entrepreneurs. But they don't know what they don't know. (laughs) You know, they're not building the infrastructure. So their businesses are not really sellable. So they got to build that infrastructure. Proprietary. Branding. Get a federal trademark. If you're going to do business worldwide, make sure you have a global trademark. Patents. Contracts. Make sure you have that transferability clause. Databases. So many clients say, Oh, Michelle, I'm good on my database. I have a million followers on Instagram. You don't got anything. Instagram does. So you have to build that funnel to capture those. You know, so proprietary is huge, but there are so many mistakes that business owners make with proprietary. Number one, they get a, trade, a state trademark, not a federal trademark, so they can really receive a system to letter and have to close down their business or have to start the brand new phase all over again. Um, they put all their IP in a separate, in the same corporation. That's fatal because if you have one lawsuit, you can lose all of your intellectual property. You always keep it hold it in a separate corporation. Um, Most business owners, contracts, client contracts, my new entrepreneurs are coming up with client contracts and they all have that built-in recurring um, residual model, which is really good because you got money coming in every month, but guess what? They don't have the transferability clause in those contracts. So so when they go to sell them, 98% of all sales are asset sales, not stock sales. If the client doesn't agree to a stock sale, you're in big trouble. Now you got to go to all your clients. I'm worse on a media company's got 2,000 clients on subscription model. Are they really going to go to all 2,000 clients and have them sign the transfer, the consent to transfer? No, because number one, they don't want the clients to know they're selling in business <laughs> until the money is in the bank. And another big mistake that entrepreneurs make on their proprietary is they hire 1099s, they hire interns to write their content produce their videos, but they never get the agreement signed that says they own the content, not the intern, not the ten ninety nine. Um, the fifth P is patrons. You know, this is your customer database in America, and I was I assume England is the same because we're representing several clients in England right now. The eighty percent of your revenue comes from twenty percent of your clients. So you got customer concentration. You know, we're dealing with a company um, that sells a certain product, pretty unique. To Costco, ninety-eight percent of their customers come from Costco. Guess what? The pandemic hit, and they said we're not going to hold carry a product anymore because all of our consumers only care about paper towels, toilet paper, and groceries, <laughs> and water. So you really, you know, in business, you got to think through all of these things. Profits is the last. A lot of business owners are not profitable. They come to me and say, Michelle, "I have a profit problem." I'm like, "No, you have a people problem. You have a process issue." Because lack of profits is never your problem; it's a symptom of not running on the other five P's. So it's hard to answer. Oh, Michelle, how do you how do you you know sell a business that wants to be sold? Most businesses are not at that stage. They have to go through these steps.
0: We have owners here listening to this podcast and listening to you. They might be thinking, "Oh my goodness!" But what what three key three key pieces of advice would you give? somebody who may be thinking, I'd like to sell my business in five years time. So what advice, what practical pieces of advice would you give them, Michelle?
2: Yeah, so number one, and I'm not just here to promote my book. My book is like 20 bucks. (laughs) Buy the book because it walks you through all the steps you need to do. But number one, you gotta be crystal clear and figure out what do you wanna sell your business for in five years? Like we talked about in the GPS exit. Because if you don't figure out that price, you're never going to get there. It's like a goal. You've got, to have, you've got to have those targets, right? You have to have those goals. So you really got to be crystal clear and say, okay, what do I want in five years? Don't want to sell for a million, don't want to sell for 10 million, you know? don't want to sell for 500,000, doesn't matter, pick a number. <laughs> and you can always adjust that number. You got to follow the GPS exit model because that's number one in everything you do. And it's pretty simple. Rebecca, your clients, your, your listeners can do it right now. Pay, pull out a piece of, piece of paper, <laughs> write down your destination, hire an M&A advisor that knows how to really, really, really um, evaluate your synergies. And the reason I say that is because it's not always about the cash flow; It's about the synergies. Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp mm-hmm. and how much money was WhatsApp making?
0: I don't think it was making anything, was
2: it? wasn't making anything. It was hemorrhaging. No. But they had a billion users. Mm-hmm. A billion users. So they knew they could ROI that money, so they paid $19 billion. So you, don't, you want to get an advisor who knows you, can, you could be losing money right now and sell your business for a tremendous amount of money because you have that one thing. we got to figure out what that one thing is. So figure out what you want to sell for, get an evaluation and know where you're starting from. You'll never end up anywhere unless you know where you're starting from. GPS can't take you anywhere unless they know your current location. So I say follow the GPS model first and foremost, know your time frame. know who your buyers will be. There's five types of buyers. And then know what the numbers need to be. You really have to reverse engineer the plan and say, okay, if I want to sell for 5 million, I'm worth a million today. Where's my revenues, my cost of goods, my operating expenses? Most importantly, where's my EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization needs to end up at. Sell for 5 million, you need to have at least a million dollars in EBITDA. All the buyers, all the great buyers that can write you out a check are for businesses that have over a million in EBITDA. So that's why it's so important to know this stuff Otherwise you're going to end up in a landmine, <laughs> you know? And um, then I would say the other step really is to look at your infrastructure. You can go to Academy.com and you can take the six P quiz and you can find out what your strongest fees and what your weakest fees. Normally it's people. Most businesses, the business is a thousand percent dependent upon that owner. So therefore your business is not sellable. Most business owners have to start with people and leadership without the right leadership to lead the people down the road that you're trying to go, road to sell, you'll never make it. Sorry,
0: Michelle. Um, Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. In terms of, have you seen a particular style of leadership that you think works exceptionally well when business owners decide that I want to grow my business. I want to build it for a sale. Um,
2: That's tough. And let me tell you why that's tough. If you have internal, if you have external leadership, yes. Internal leadership, most business owners don't share the plan that they're planning on selling with their employees, nor do they share it with their leadership team. And the number one, the number one thing to most business owners is proprietary. They want to keep everything proprietary. They don't want to tell their customers. They don't want to tell their employees. They don't want to tell their competitors because it can hurt their business. I sold the business for 18 million. I told the owner, don't tell your employees. This owner did everything opposite of what I told him to do. Now, as far as selling your business, a great leader is an M&A advisor, you know, because we are a leader. We lead you all the way down that path to where you need to be. Um, and guess what he did? He went and told his people. He had three people walk out right then and there. And he another person, a key person that he needed for the sale that says, double my salary and I'll stay. <laughs> so don't tell your people. The only person that ever knows other than the owner or partners is typically the CFO. So inside leadership, when you say, look, I'm really building this company to sell, they're not, you know, everybody has their own fears. Again, you have to think about what are they thinking? They're thinking about, oh my gosh, he's going to sell. We're going to lose our jobs. We have a new owner. He's going to be difficult. They're not going to pay us the same. We're not going to get the same benefits. you know. So you got to think about what are they thinking about, not just what you're thinking about. So an external leader, you have to have a great leader to get your teams to where they need to be as far as reaching your goals, but they don't need to know you're selling. So if you say, look, we have a people problem, then you need to get a great leader that really specializes in working with people. Does that make sense?
1: It, it does, yeah. And, and kind of going back to that point, Michelle, um, you said something a little bit earlier on in the podcast, which I thought was really interesting. You said how uh, young, so, let's say younger entrepreneurs start typically like different types of businesses now than what was started kind of in your
2: Because past. they're solution-oriented, they're solution-focused.
1: Exactly. So with that different type of business, how do you think their, their leadership style, if at all, changes? To say like more traditional businesses. It's usually like non existent.
2: It's usually non existent. I love my, I love these new entrepreneurs because they're solving problems, but they're mm-hmm. not building, they're not building a business. They're not building a team. They're not leading really anybody <laughs> except for their company. You know what I'm saying? I'll give you a perfect example. Sure. Um, a gentleman, and I gotta be very careful about what I say. Um, for confidentiality reasons, but a gentleman was selling a certain product. I don't want to say what product, and was manufacturing it in China and was doing everything online. Manufacturing in China, getting it shipped here, had zero employees, had independent contractors, a few independent contractors, but no employees. So, well, who was he really leading? He was leading the customers. He was, you know, leading his marketing. He was doing all that, but he really didn't have any teams. And He wasn't going to let any of the contractors stay because he wanted to take him to his next company. (laughs) And he had 90% of his revenue tied up in Amazon and 10%, you know, website and some other, other resources. He, in my opinion, wasn't a good leader and he wasn't building a company. He had a good product. It was selling like crazy. But if Amazon shut him down, he would be out of business. And so young entrepreneurs are coming up with great concepts. He wasn't really solving a, a, a problem, but he's come coming up with something unique. I got another example, two females. Just, I got them ready to go on Shark Tank. Y- what do you all have in England? Lion's Den? Lion's yeah. no, oh, Den, yeah. Oh, Dragon's Den. Dragon's Den. Sort of Dragon's Den. Okay, Dragon's yeah. Den. Lion's Den. is Canada. Shark Tank is here. And um, I got them ready to go on Shark Tank, you know, got them ready with their evaluation so they wouldn't be laughed off the show, (laughs) and got them ready for everything. Now they started something brilliant. I'm not going to say what it is because they've got Oprah and everybody else, you know, they got a lot of endorsements. Um, But they started this great product, two female partners, no employees whatsoever, couple contractors. They're building this great business, but it's very difficult to sell. It would have to sell to a special buyer that doesn't care about infrastructure. And same thing with another business that that we're working with. They got an online education for a certain vertical in the healthcare industry, built completely around the owner's brand. And it's just him and his wife. I got another guy who started a great app company that's making $1.9 million. He has a full-time job and his wife it's doing a bookkeeper and customer service. These are great concepts. They're making great money, but they're not really building a business with the solid infrastructure that buyer's going to pay top dollar for. Young entrepreneurs need to, to, to really get trained up, skilled up in leadership. And they need to work on building teams versus just doing everything online and having a couple of independent contractors here and there. Because it's much harder to sell much more difficult to sell. And the first question we ask, when we're trying to sell this online education company is, do you have an infrastructure? Because if you do, great, we'll roll it up. If you don't, we're out of luck. (laughs) Does that answer your question?
1: Yeah, that's great, thank you. It's interesting to hear your perspective on it for sure. As we, um as we come to a bit of a, a close, Michelle, um, I don't know if you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to add in terms of uh, kind of leadership, selling your business, getting everything ready from, from day one, when you plan for your exit years or whatever it might be down the line, um, over to you, do you have any sort of closing thoughts you'd like to add? I have this? lots so of thoughts. Take it away.
2: <laughs> Number one, I always tell, you know, one of the, everybody asks me what's the biggest, and you asked me this too, Rebecca, and I didn't get this answer yet. What's the biggest thing that a person should do when they're getting ready to sell their business or an entrepreneur getting into business? The first thing that every entrepreneur, every business owner should should do is get a mentor. Get a really good mentor, not just any mentor. Get a mentor who's been down the road you want to travel. There's so so many wolves in, in, in sheep clothing out there that say they did all this stuff but they just speak from stage and they really don't even have any money themselves. I mean, I can tell you about leaders that say, oh, I'm this and I'm this and I'm this and they rent a house and lease a car and rent a car and they don't have any money. So you really got to do your research. And if you're in tech, you don't go get a restaurant mentor, you get a tech mentor. <laughs> you know, the field that you want to enter in, the road you want to travel, you get a mentor who's already been down that path so they can shorten your, your road dramatically And you learn from their mistakes, not your own mistakes. And so I always say it's hard to read the label from the inside of the bottle. You need an outsider's perspective to read the warning signs and keep you out of the danger zone. And so many entrepreneurs just throw a bunch of stuff on the wall to see if something's going to stick. And you really need to be strategic. You need to be purposeful. You need to know what you're trying to accomplish. And especially if you're going to sell your business. You don't go to a broker that sells pizzerias if you're trying to sell a $10 million company. You got to get the right leader. You got to get the right advisor. Um, As far as selling your business, Exit Rich, like I said, it was endorsed by Steve Forbes. Sharon Lecter, who was the co-author, co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki years ago, um, is my co-author. And the reason why I mentioned Robert Kiyosaki, because I think everybody around the world knows Barbara Kiyosaki. Sharon is a CPA, financial literacy expert, and the advisor to many different presidents, including Obama. So she is my co-author. And um, Kevin Harrington, original Shark on Shark Tank, wrote the foreword. Exit Rich is not just about selling a business. Exit Rich is for anyone wanting to buy a business, any entrepreneur wanting to start a business, any um, business owner wanting to sell a business. It's not just about selling your business. It's the foundation. To building a purposeful, sustainable, scalable business that can run without you, so you have a better quality of life, and you're ready to sell, you have a sellable asset. Um, if you're in the, if you're in America, you can go to your favorite bookstore, Barnes and Noble. You can go to um, Amazon. If you're, you can go to ExitRichBook.com. But if you're in England or any other country other than the U.S., don't go to ExitRichBook.com. The shipping costs are ridiculous. So go to Amazon. You know, I think for 20 bucks um, and and if you're Amazon Prime, there's no shipping cost. but um, we give you a lot of extra value. So make sure you do this. We give you lots of golden nuggets. You become a lifetime member of the Exit Rich Book Club. When you buy Exit Rich, you not only get all the concepts and strategies and techniques to grow a sustainable, scalable, sellable business, but you get documents. So at Salerno Tucker Academy, we have... Documents to operate your business, documents to sell your business. We have employee handbooks, employee contracts, non-competes, org charts. We have to sell your business, sample due diligence lists, closing documents, um, purchase or offers, everything you need to. Many business owners come to me and say, Michelle, I've never seen an LOI. Well, go look at an LOI. (laughs) They've never seen a due diligence checklist. Go look at a checklist. We even have closing documents there. And these documents are worth over $50,000 because that's what I paid to draft them all. So go there, they're yours, not just to review, but to upload as well. And that's at ExitRichBook.com. And then our main website is solartucker.com. Um, At solartucker.com, you can take the quiz, what type of business owner are you? Plus you can also uh, use the calculator that says, how much is my business worth? Now it doesn't take in consideration, recasting the financials, adding back personal expenses, non-reoccurring. It doesn't evaluate your synergies, your proprietary assets but it gives you a rough estimate. And then at solidtucker.com, com, Solid Tucker Academy, we have the six feet quiz and what type of business do you own? And then we have a podcast called Exit Rich. Feel free to listen to our podcast. Thank you for having me on.
0: Thank you, Michelle. There's such value in all of that that you've just shared with us. And I'm sure many of our listeners will want to go and check that out and follow through on the... On your book and all the assets that go with it so thank you very much indeed
1: oh, thank you for agree. having me on I think uh, as you know there's many small business owners out there that probably myself included a couple of years ago would overlook things like this so I think there's a lot of value that you mentioned in this podcast today so just uh, a big thank you for uh, for coming on Michelle
2: thank you for having me on and that's why I wrote the book it's because it's look I don't need to do this anymore but I love it <laughs> it's my passion to help save businesses from going out of business and help business owners really, exit rich and afford a lifestyle they've always dreamed of and so many are selling for pennies on the dollar and it's sad to me it
0: is sad when they put their whole life
2: into it's generally the case but that's because they're working in the business not on the business yes, and they absolutely. don't have the right leadership teams in place yeah so leadership is everything without leadership the business is not going to be very successful
1: Poignant note to leave it
2: on yes. what's that
1: Poignant note to leave it on
2: and you know what? You lead everything. You have to lead your kids. You have to lead your spouse and doing what you want your spouse to do. <laughs> you to lead your kids and doing what, they, what you want them to do. You lead your partners. You lead your friends. You lead your employees. You got to be a great leader in every aspect of your life. And that takes coaching and that takes training. And that's seeking out the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Indeed.
0: Very you. Thank you,
2: Michelle. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast and as always if you enjoyed it we welcome a review and if you have any questions and like to get in touch with us you can do that at the rjen.co.uk website